everybody. Welcome back to the Gamerpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Bradford Carlton. Today, I have a very special guest with us. I have Joshua Kell. Hey there, Joshua. How's it going? I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, it's a beautiful sunny day in Las Vegas. How about yourself? It's, uh, it's a cold sunny day in New Jersey, so <laughs> but it's good. <laughs> Wonderful. All right. So Joshua, I don't like a lot of fluff on the show. I like getting just right into it. So sure. why don't you begin by just telling us a little bit about yourself, please? Sure. So um, uh, I am the CEO of, uh, of two different companies, uh, Horizon AVL. That's our uh, integration firm. We've been an integrator uh, for over 40 years. Basically, what we do is we design arenas, stadiums, um, a large group instruction, television studios, and we've been doing that for 40 years. And then uh, several years ago, we developed a whole division uh, um, to esports called esports integration. Uh, we take that 40 years of knowledge and experience uh, in, in the industry, and we brought that actually to our education clients. So we work with a lot of colleges and universities across the U.S. Uh, we work with over 140 of them presently, uh, helping them build their programs, uh, helping them with curriculum, looking at the esports industry and path. Uh, so that's a little bit about my professional side. I, I am an avid gamer. I do, I do play quite a bit uh you know, world of warcraft um uh and the expansion and even the classic and kind of excited about the burning crusade uh, classic sort of coming back uh that announcement but uh yeah i've been playing um all through well let's see nintendo was home in the 80s for me and and all the way up till today uh played in college a lot of counter-strike a lot of counter-strike uh, and quake as well so yeah still still playing a lot Beautiful. All right. We got a lot to talk about, although I'm not sure how you've done anything for 40 years. You don't look that old. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> no, I'm not that old. So the company is 40 years. I, I'm actually, this is actually, I'm approaching uh, 40 uh, this year, not 40 yet, still holding on to my thirties. So <laughs> All right. I love it. Okay. So um, Joshua, I start every episode with a single question. So I'm going to ask you just like I ask everybody else. Sure. On a scale of one to 10, 10 being high, how weird are you? How weird am I? Um, I would probably say I'm, I'm about six, six and a half. My weirdness recently, uh, my weirdness has has settled down a bit uh, over the years. A lot weirder when I was <laughs> uh, in Goofy, I probably would say back in college and high school. But yeah, sort of tamed down a little bit over the years. All right, wonderful. <laughs> okay, now this is the Gamerpreneur podcast. So I, I do need your gaming cred before we kind of get to the business side of stuff. Sure. When did you first start playing video games? Uh, 1980, maybe seven, 1987, 1988 is probably when I first started, uh, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, uh, and, uh, Genesis console, uh, was probably my first introduction into gaming. Okay. So you started about the same time I did. Oh, you're just a couple of years older than I am. Very cool. Um, and you play WoW. So I have to ask Hoarder Alliance. Um, when I started, uh, Alliance, but now I have moved over in retail to Horde. So is that because of everybody else who raids as us Horde or is it just for the story? Or um, what is it? it? It's just for the stream actually, because a lot of our, uh, so we have actually, as you can see in the back, this is not a green screen for me. This is actually our tavern. So we actually have a studio here, uh, that looks like a world of Warcraft sort of tavern style. And so there's other machines that you cannot see and all five of us play, um, and most of them were Horde. So I kind of got booted out on the, hey, let's do Alliance. So um, I followed those masses, not necessarily the MMO <laughs> masses of, of Horde or Alliance. 
I've, I've held out. I've had my Alliance character since yeah. the very beginning. <laughs> I, I still have my original Alliance character. I still have him. He's, he's sitting there. So um, he's a mage uh, and I, I'm a mage through and through. I had to do that even over on the, uh, on the uh, horde side of things. So I love it. All right. So other than wow, what else do you play? If anything? <laughs> Um, let's see. I, I was playing a lot of division two, uh, recently. Um, uh, my son and I will play a lot of uh, breath of the wild. Actually still, we're actually going back and sort of going through glitches and things to kind of break the game right now. We're kind of exploring it from that perspective because we've beat the game on master mode and everything a long time ago. Um, but now we're just kind of going back and seeing if we can do some of these glitches, uh, doing that, actually playing a lot of super smash with both my kids. Um, they now officially have gotten to the point where they can consistently beat me so i'm i'm actually seeing that and it's kind of like oh i gotta hang my hat up a bit i guess i guess these these days are <laughs> dad's getting older so <laughs> i'm mine's three so hopefully thankfully i'm still better than she is i don't know how long it'll last though <laughs> yeah so they're 11 and 8 so my my daughter's 8 my son's 11 and my son he he can get on king k roll and just destroy me I, there's nothing i can do um he, he pretty much dominates the landscape when dad plays for sure okay and like i said you kind of been had the same access to pretty much every game i have had if you had to pick one game as your all-time favorite which one would it be oh all-time favorite game um by far is secret of mana on super nes Okay. Uh, I just have a lot of memories with that game growing up. And um, actually, my son and I, we built an arcade console recently, uh, um, uh, about a year and a half ago. And we put a Raspberry Pi and emulator and all that kind of stuff. And him and I have actually started playing it on our arcade console. So um, we, I love going back. Just a lot of great memories playing that game. A lot of time into that game. A lot of time. So. Yep, yeah, definitely. those mana games, they, they're a, it's a love or hate kind of thing, isn't sure, it? Like, sure, I, yeah. I'll admit, I can't get past the first dungeon in Secret yeah. of Mana. I, I'm like, I just I can't stand this game. It, Steam did a remake on it, um, mm -hmm. and so that was actually really cool to go through it uh, uh, and just kind of relive it from a new perspective of, of not being on a console and actually on a PC with updated graphics. But it was pretty good. So Fantastic. All yeah. right, let's hop over to the preneur part. That's, that's enough gaming for us for now. Sure, sure. Um, sure. Let's start out. Why don't you begin by telling us a little bit about your professional background and how did you end up where you're at today? Sure. So um, my professional background sort of stems back to actually when I was 16. Um, when I, uh, in high school, I worked for a company. Um, it was a small company um, called Comanco Communications, but then we were uh, quickly sort of acquired by, well, it, it may be a partnership, I should probably say, uh, with Intel. Um, and we were developing uh, PCs and hotel rooms at the time. And back then, before 2000, um, we didn't have laptops and all the smart devices that we have today. So, so traveling with content and, and moving that around was very difficult, right? So uh, we, we were putting in PCs in hotel rooms across the US. And uh, this was before really the cloud existed and anything like that, where we, we worked with Microsoft. We had a, a licensing agreement with them where we were actually moving people's data and following them. So if you were checking in in one hotel and in another one that had a PC room link uh, PC, your data would follow you, right? So all your PowerPoint presentations, your Word documents. So we were sort of developing the cloud from that perspective uh, early on. Um, and then, then the dot-com bubble burst. Uh, and so a lot of funding, a lot of things started happening from uh, uh, 
they had to downsize. And I was working specifically uh, on the Intel land desk side of things. So their software side. So, you know, there were some cuts that had to be made and, and that whole division sort of dissolved. Um, and then from there, I, I, uh, I was, I thought I was going to go to college. I thought I was that that was the direction for me. And I moved out to San Diego um, uh, and I love it out there. Uh, I, I still miss it by a lot, uh, especially with cold days like today. Um, but uh, while I was on campus, we actually started a web company. I dropped out of school. We, we did actually, I started working on these web elements for like, um, uh, let's see, uh, it was the Spanish sites for like Olive Garden and Red Lobster and all that kind of stuff. And so we were doing all of that, that integration and, and that development, the website. And then we sold all of that. I sold all of that, moved back to the East Coast. Um, and then uh, uh, I worked for a litigation company for a while, a support company uh, where we were doing electronic discovery, uh, big cases. What do we do with all this data? Um, how do you enter in that into case courts? And then uh, that's just kind of wore on me. And then um, I didn't know her at the time she was going to be my wife, but my girlfriend at the time was like, you know, you should really work for my dad. Um, he's got this great company. Um, it's kind of techie up your alley. Um, and I said, well, what do they do? And she kind of explained what they do. And so uh, I came to work for Horizon um, almost 15, over 15 years ago now um, and just worked my way up. And now I'm the CEO and taking on the next level and just had a passion for for technology. That's really my basis on all of that, right? From a professional aspect is those experiences all through um, high school and, you know, through the college elements and then sort of doing my own thing, starting my own business and now taking over business. All of those elements that I learned even at a high school level are now being applied to where we are today. Um, and that was really important, you know, because when you look, when I look back at it, I can definitely see the path, right? You can see that. But sometimes it's hard when you're at that level to see through the forest and you're like, I don't think I'm going to go anywhere. I don't think anything is going to happen. I don't think that, you know, the idea I potentially have is going to be worth anything at the end of, at the end of the day. And so, you know, that entrepreneur spirit, you know, I, you know, still trudge on. Right. And that's what I did. I wasn't giving up. I, I have very much even today in, um, in the esports world. Um, I don't give up. I'm not giving up on, on these elements. And, and, you know, there are a lot of other companies in my industry, specifically from the AV side that have already tried esports or have gotten into that world. And from a gaming perspective, and they've already given up on it because they're like, we don't see the return. They just don't see the big picture. So, you know, that big picture mentality was developed very early on when I was working with uh, PC Roomlink and then Intel. Absolutely. I see it like um, early stage radio or television, right? Yeah. In the first 20 years of radio, like nobody had a radio until That's the right. fireside chat and then everybody needed one, right? So um, could you explain to me and my audience, uh, what is integration? So integration is is taking all of the components, parts, and pieces, and 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 making them work together, right? So when when we talk AV integration, we're talking about well, you have a television, a display, a projector, or something like that, and then you've got a sound system. You need to 
integrate with that, right? You need to make it work seamlessly together. We get into the whole uh, control side of things where we have, uh, we, we build custom scripts, custom programming for touch panels so that when you go into um, uh, an arena or a space, you're like, I want to turn on the system. You press a button. It's doing a ton of stuff on the back end side, but to the user, it is it is fully integrated. All I know is I press this button and the thing works, right? Um, so that's AV integration. Now, from the name, obviously, esports integration, um, we are taking all of the esports industry and we're integrating it together. So it's not just the competitive gameplay, um, which is always the first thing every everyone kind of looks at first, um, but we're taking um, the industry elements of career paths and we're taking curriculum and we're taking facility planning design and broadcast and all of these elements that make up the gaming and the esports in, in industry and we're integrating it together for clients so that they have now a clear path and understanding basically that one button press um, in the in the esports world because uh, a lot of schools colleges universities high schools they don't know where to begin they kind of have they're scratching the surface um, some are a little bit more understanding than others but the reality is they need someone to kind of bring all this together so that would be integration from our perspective wonderful now what made you decide to kind of take this this leap into the esports space i'm sure it was a little bit of a discussion i don't know if you have a board you had an answer to the owner like what what made you make that decision sure so so the owner is my father-in-law so <laughs> um that 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 from from the perspective was just a dialogue back and forth right because he looked at it from a certain perspective and said well you know i'm trusting you if that's what you see um in the direction then then pursue it right and so there was some real conversation there was challenge that that was sort of met um you know what does this look like is this sustainable um and so it's really it, it was really a, a new a new field from our perspective of true integration and building out these spaces, right? Because at that time, you know, you're talking four and a half, almost five years ago ish. Um, you know, there weren't really that many esports programs that were truly, truly happening at the collegiate level, right? So you, you had probably the biggest notable thing at the time in the States, um, you know, 2016, uh, 2017 is Heroes of the Dorm at the collegiate level. Um, and, you know, those 400 or whatever things, but that's put on by Blizzard at that time. And and we actually give interesting statistics that 90% uh, of the teams that competed in that were representing schools. The schools had no idea what the heck esports were. So, so very small, small, only 40 schools out of the 400 actually kind of had either an understanding or a general knowledge of it, right? And so what made us sort of, leap into that was, um, well, one, a passion for gaming. Um, I have a passion for gaming, have always had a passion for gaming. We, my team here, there's a lot of gamers, um, uh, that, that sort of play not just wow, but you know, there's a lot of Starcraft players. Uh, there's a lot of call of duty players that are here. And so, um, you know, I just saw this common thread in this generation and being a parent on top of it. And the way that my, my kids and the students and all his friends and peers are consuming content of what they're interested in. Um, and that direction, I'm like, well, this is kind of a no brainer. This, this makes absolute sense to develop this and strengthen this 
this from a middle school perspective, a high school perspective, a collegiate perspective, because these, these students and these kids are going to learn these skill sets through the vessel of esports. So let's strengthen that um, across the U.S. landscape. Uh, so that that was really the 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 driving force of starting esports integration. Fantastic. Okay, so Joshua, I, I really try to make the show about the advice that my guest has, and I like to focus on the guest rather necessarily the business that they're in or, sure. or what it is they're doing. So let's let's pull back and talk a little bit more about you. You know, you started out kind of on this entrepreneurial journey, and you ended up at a company, and you rose through the ranks, as you said. And you know, being a Warcraft player, who's almost every single time I've joined a guild ends up in leadership position. Mm-hmm. I kind of guess that you have the qualities of leadership in you, but I'd like you to, to kind of tell us a little bit what you think those qualities are, what got you to where you're at today. Um, sure. So um, I, I, there's definitely humility, you know, in that, right. Uh, a lot of, a lot of people, I think mistake leadership for, you know, um, bringing down the hammer on things and, and trudging through. Um, there, there has to be a lot of humility and I constantly am working on humility. I mean, that's really important, um, to understand. Um, uh, so that I would definitely say that's a great quality. Also integrity, having integrity throughout all of this, um, being upfront with clients, um, uh, getting back to them, uh, 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 with, with the right answers on time. I know we're all human, especially now today, you know, we're inundated with so much screen time and so much, so many elements that sort of distract. Um, but having a level level of integrity is extremely important to being upfront with clients. Um, and then the, the other thing is, um, as a leader, you know, know your limitations, no, don't, don't fake it at all that (laughs) that's big you know surround yourself with people that do things better than you do um and then give them the the proper support uh that's really really important you know from uh, i'll give an example right i'm a visionary from the perspective of seeing things in the future and the way things that potentially could exist in this industry or any tech field right i have just such a uh a uh, an understanding and sort of a mind that thinks through those elements, you know, how, how would this better society um, from that perspective? Um, but what I'm not super strong in is potentially, you know, the financial aspects of things. Right. And so I have a very, very um, well-rounded uh, financial um, uh, a person, a controller who looks over everything in the company. Um, because if, if that were to rely on me for all the purchasing and, 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 um, you know, all the accounts payable, you know, that's just not a strong suit of mine. So know your limitations, you know, definitely know your limitations. It's extremely important and it's okay to know your limitations and to own up to them and then support that with people who, who do it uh, better than you do. Well, absolutely. Now, um, on that note, you know, mm-hmm. say you are, are able to identify a limitation, you know, you need to go find someone who will be able to fill in that gap for you. How do you find that person? Is it, you know, churn and burn, you got to like work through until you find the right one? Like sure. what, what is the process? Cause you know, I, I have a lot of guests on the show and they all say, Oh, you gotta, you gotta find someone who fills in those gaps. What's sure. the process though? Like how can someone sitting here listening to this go, okay, well, what's my first step? Um, so, you know, there has to be sort of an evaluation process when you're like interviewing, like 
actually, we're going through the process of an interview right now for a new technician for our company, right? When you when you sit down and you strategically ask the questions that are most important to you on those limitations that you have, right? Like, well, how do you deal with, with finances? And if they can go into it and you can see that passion in them, that for me is number one. If, if I can note within that interview, within moments, and you should be able to do that, you should be able to, to focus and listen, right? Don't talk. That's the other thing. Don't talk during interviews ask the question and just listen. When you truly listen through this process, you can hear it in their tone, their voice, their excitement, their understanding. Um, and then from there, I think that's a good foundation and a good place to begin uh, within, within that evaluation process. Now, you know, we've gone through a lot of hires here over, you know, I'm sure you know, my father-in-law has and, and the 15 plus years I've been here, you know, we've had uh, a lot of people that um, weren't always the best fit. And I would say that would be the other thing, that they would truly understand your mission. Not only are they passionate about whatever element that they bring, but can they clearly articulate your mission and your goal? Um, because when they can, they are then a team player at that point. They, they are now aligning with from the head down right? The, the body is working together. It's not disjointed. It's not the head is saying one thing, but then the arm and the feet are saying, no, we're going to go in a different direction. It's all in the same direction. And that's sort of the process in which we, we can sort of then determine, okay, you are truly an individual aligning with our mission and our goal. And you see it. Um, Sometimes that also brings opposition as well, and they challenge it. And, and sometimes that's actually should be somewhat in some ways uh, a, a welcome and understood because that then goes back to the humility and the integrity elements where you're doing a check, right? Um, is this really a good direction to go in? Is this where do you do I have everything set? Um, do I have that direction clearly defined? And sometimes they they challenge me, especially like my C-suite. Um, we meet once a week and there have been challenges like they've they've thrown up the challenge flag and said, oh, is that something we should really do? And then we explore it deeper. And it's not that they're challenging you in a, in a perspective of, um, you know, you're wrong, you shouldn't be doing it. It's, is this really a good direction and course we should be going with in sort of the devil's advocate mindset, right? They're, they're playing that role. That's how you know you have a very good person that will support you, that it's, it's their abilities, they see the mission, but then they can help you walk through that development of the mission. I love it. That's a fantastic answer. Thank you. Yep. Okay, let's um, let's get a little more personal, if possible. Okay. Say, let's say that we're able to hop in a time machine. You and I, okay. we're going to go back in time. We're going to go back to when Joshua Kell was just getting out of high school, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, the whole <laughs> world at his fingertips, right? And you're going to be able to go up to him, and you're going to be able to explain everything that's going to happen in his life, the good, the bad, the ugly, the ups, the downs, the challenges, the triumphs. You're going to be able to give him all of your knowledge and insights that you've gotten over the years. But if there was one thing he had to know to make it bigger, badder, faster, more profitable, whatever you think success would be for him, what would that one thing be? Persistence. Absolutely persistence. Because when I, if I look back in time, you know, just being persistent in something, not 
just just having that drive that's extremely important um you know younger the younger you are you know the older you get that you know you 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 obviously develop that over time you know be, being persistent about something and and then following through and seeing it through so um you know i would definitely say you know what what does that look like for for younger me it would be be persistent in in whatever the endeavor is um so all right fantastic um on kind of a related note. Okay. You see, Joshua, I believe that we learn the most in our life from our failures, not necessarily our successes. Because sure. sure. when you succeed the first time at something, you may not know what happened, right? You mm-hmm. just kind of, yeah, I did it. But if you fail, you got to take a look at it. You got to figure out what went wrong to be able to move mm-hmm. past it and move forward. So I'd like to ask you, what do you consider your biggest failure in life? And what did you learn from it? Mm, uh, I would say management of time. Uh, is probably one of my biggest failures. Uh, and that extends not only from the business side, but the personal side, you know, more time with family, more time with people around me that surround me, that support me. Um, you know, that for me, you know, I mean, I can look at business failures and sort of pluck them out, right? Those are easy um, because, yeah, you can, I think those are easily looked at and evaluated and say, hey, we shouldn't have done this. We should have gone back and done it this way. Um but when we're talking about philosophy and we're talking about individual um, uh, adoption of, of failure, that's how I sort of look at it, uh, is definitely the management of time with individuals, that it's not all, um, it's not all the work all the time. There needs to be a balance uh, of that. Um, and trust me, I very much, and I have a, a wonderful wife that does check me on that all the time. Um, you know, your time, your time with your family and your kids and, and time outside of work, because you can then dedicate a lot of time to work. Um, and, and I do, uh, and there, and she's very gracious and she's very understanding of, you know, what the company's goals and directions are. Um, but you know, Early on in my career, it was all work and it was very little time with family. And, you know, your family and the people that are around you that support you are there to support you. So you need to support them you with your time and that you are paying attention to them and that you're involved with them because, you know, businesses come and go, uh, ideas come and go, but that, you know, getting back time, you'll never get it back. Never. Um, so that for me is probably one of my biggest failures in the past that I've looked at and I'm constantly striving to correct. For sure. Thank you for sharing that. I I think that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with. Yeah. Um, kind of on the flip side, what is something that you're working to improve on yourself today? Um, uh, I would definitely say hmm, today, you know, with, with the expansion of the business and everything that's happening is uh, pr- probably more support. You know, um, how do I support my team members? Um, not, not support for the company, but my support for them. You know, how do I interact more and more with, with all of my employees and all the team members on, on the different tasks? Um, how am I propping them up, right? As a leader, um, it's not just follow me. It's also, I need to make sure that you're well-equipped and I want to make sure that you're 
you have the best tools for your job because I know you're going to do your job well. Um, and so, you know, things that we're definitely working on and I'm from the top down from my perspective is more support for my team members because that's only going to make and strengthen the company better in the long run. Fantastic. Okay. Joshua, this has been a fantastic interview. Thank you so much. How do people find you? Where are you at in social media? Contact information, sure. all that, please. Sure. So um, you can follow us on Facebook and LinkedIn, um, uh, Instagram, Horizon AVL, uh, um, or esports integration, one one or the other. Um, I have set we have several different uh, Twitter handles. Uh, um, my personal one is at AVL Kel. Um, so audio, video, lighting, Kel, my last name. Uh, Horizon. Horizon AVL is our Horizon AVL Twitter feed. And then Havel Esports, H-A-V-L Esports is our esports integration uh, Twitter. So you can follow us on any one of those. Beautiful. All right. So as we wrap this up, do you have any final thoughts you want to share or anything I didn't ask you think we still need to cover? Oh, I, th I, I think it was a great interview. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Joshua. I, I genuinely do appreciate you coming on and taking the time with us today. Thank you so much. It was, I greatly appreciate it. Absolutely. And for everybody else, I'm going to remind you all, don't be just a gamer, be a gamerpreneur. Gamerpreneur.